Welcome to the Strength in Business podcast, which is all about maximizing your impact by implementing a powerful marketing system that will help you perform at your highest level. And now, here is your host, Chris Rock. Welcome to a new interview session at Strength in Business. My name is Chris Rock, and I'm here to share with you powerful online and offline marketing strategies that truly work in the entrepreneurial and small business world. Today's topic is what great brands do. We're going to look at what separates the best brands from the rest. But before we get into this subject, I'd like to briefly introduce my amazing guest today. Denise Leon is a leading authority on building and positioning exceptional brands. She's an in-demand consultant and speaker with more than 25 years of experience helping organizations take their brands to new heights. She developed her innovative brand-building philosophy while working with such companies as Burger King, Oakley, Frito-Lay, and Sony. Denise (coughs) is the author of the new book, What Great Brands Do, and she has contributed to outlets including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Harvard Business Review. Straight from sunny San Diego in California, I'd like to welcome Denise Leon. Denise, hello, and how are you? I'm good, Chris. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to our conversation. (laughs) Same here. Same here back in Europe. Denise, I did a very brief introduction as I wanted um, to hear more straight from the source that is straight from you. (laughs) I know we have some common background, that is, we both worked in the corporate world prior to starting our own business journey. Now, tell me a bit about yourself, how you got started as a brand building expert, and more importantly, where are you today? Right. Um, Well, I would say that my most formative work experience in brand building was when I was heading out brand and strategy for Sony Electronics. And this was in the um, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And um, the company was really undergoing, I think, uh, some soul searching because their business context has been changing with digital technology really coming in, being developed. And the company leaders at the time understanding that they needed to rethink how Sony was positioned in the marketplace and what the Sony brand was going to mean and how it was going to evolve going forward. And so a lot of the work I did there is what I have, um, and a lot of the tools and methods that I developed there is now what I practice with my current clients. Uh, I've been an independent consultant, speaker, and writer for the last 10 years and um, have been doing it for a range of companies, a lot of restaurant and retail companies, as well as health, fitness, wellness, sporting companies, and, and really a, a full range of different kinds of brands. Um, but that, that is probably the, the most recent uh, experience that was most formative and has really shaped a lot of my thinking and practice as a brand builder. Okay. Now, brand building and marketing is definitely a profitable niche if you narrow it down, but also very crowded. 
So yes. how, how do you stand out? What makes you different right. from other, <laughs> other experts? Yeah, you know, when I, when I decided to resign my position at Sony and, and become an independent brand consultant, you know, I realized that the last thing the world needs was another brand consultant, you know? Um, there are plenty of people out there, very smart, well-respected uh, people that I really admire. And um, so in positioning myself and really trying to articulate, identify and then articulate what is the unique value I bring to the table, I, I started to hone in on this area of operationalizing your brand. Because, because my experience had been primarily on the corporate side um, as well as the agency side, I had a lot of experience in actually working with a brand strategy and driving it into a company. And so rather than focus on the strategic foundation of a brand, um, which I still do quite a bit, but that is not my focus, I really uh, wanted to and, and do now focus on helping my companies translate that strategy into reality. How do you actually drive it into the operations of your company so that what you desire for your brand in terms of its positioning and vision and values actually informs everything that you do, your culture, um, your product development, your your service strategies, um, you know, every aspect of the customer experience. And so that is the area that I focus in, which is um, slightly different from most other brand consultants out there. Mm, okay. Was that kind of like the starting point of uh, you writing this, this amazing book, What Great Brands <laughs> Do? which, uh, by the way, reminded me of so many things uh, that I experienced during my corporate career. So it was kind of like flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you know, um, I have been working on brands as an independent well, as well as in my, my past background for so many years, very fascinated by them and had the real privilege of working on some of the world's greatest brands, including Sony and, and Frito-Lay and, and Burger King and a bunch of other brands. And um, really, you know, wanted to share the insights that I had been developing with as many people as possible, and a book seemed to be a great way to do that. Okay. What I like most is because you have seven principles, and then you have your own approach, and we'll get into that right away. But um, what I like most is you started with the definition of brand, and mm -hmm. I... Um, I like that very much because every time you ask somebody, well, what's a brand? Somebody will tell you, well, that's the logo. The next one will tell you the tagline. And I remember if you would have asked my team, my sales team, you would have gotten tens of different answers. <laughs> right. Now, what what's brand from your point of view? Mm -hmm. Well, when I have um, studied some of the world's greatest brands, what I've discovered is that they define their brand as a strategic platform that is based on the values and attributes that define the value that they contribute to customers and the way that they do business. So it's really this bundle of values and attributes that is your brand and great brands use that strategic platform as a management tool that they use to fuel, align, and guide everything that the organizations do. And that is a very different approach from thinking about your brand as an external image or a message to promote, like a logo or a tagline or a name. This is much more about leveraging a strategy in your organization. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you talked about seven principles in the book, and then you added one, which is kind of <laughs> like your approach. That would be the number number eight. Yeah, tell us a bit more about these, these seven approaches, and then, of course, your own approach. Yes. Well, just quickly, I'll go through the seven principles, and then you know we can talk about any of them in more detail if we yeah. want. Um, but the first principle is that great brands start inside, meaning... They start brand building by cultivating a strong internal culture. And then the next principle is great brands avoid selling products. They instead seek to create emotional connections with people and really seduce people through emotion and inspiration. And the product features and technologies are often used as support for that emotional connection, but it's really that cultivation of emotional connection that's important. The third principle is great brands ignore trends. And I know that may sound a little bit surprising, but what I discovered in researching this, you know, great brands is that they don't kind of sit back in reactive mode and watch for what are the latest trends that are happening and then try to, you know, jump in on that trend. Rather, they try to anticipate what is going out there in culture and identify ideas that are way far out in the horizon that they can actually advance and, you know, kind of create their own trend um, as opposed to following someone else's. So they are advancing a cultural movement and ignoring the existing trends. Then the fourth principle is great brands don't chase customers. You know, um, great brands recognize that mm, uh, you can't create passion for your brand by trying to appeal to as many customers as possible and chasing after them, um, you know, kind of like a, a, you know, a desperate nerdy teenager that's trying to chase after the, the popular cheerleading captain, you know. Yeah. Um, instead, great brands celebrate and embrace their unique value, really what they stand for. They make it very clear what their values are. And then they attract like-minded individuals to be a part of their brand. Number five is great brands sweat the small stuff. So great brands may think big, you know, all these strategic ideas I've just been sharing are kind of, you know, high up there in high level strategies, but great brands know that every detail of the customer experience shapes brand perceptions. And so they sweat the small stuff and design their brand experiences down to the details so that their brand values and attributes are delivered in every way throughout everything that they do. Then there is great brands commit and stay committed. And this is about identifying what is it at the core of your brand that you stand for that's kind of non-negotiable, that regardless of how much you want to grow and what all the um, tempting opportunities out there that you will stay committed to and really use that core to guide your innovation and development and footprint growth. Mm -hmm. And then finally, great brands never have to give back. And this also may sound a little bit surprising because I think that, you know, giving back um, has become such a popular term. Um, but and, and I don't want to suggest that giving back 
there's anything wrong with it. In fact, you know, it's good to give back. But what I discovered is that great brands seem to be asking themselves, why merely do good when we can actually be great and we can actually design our companies at the very core of our operations to create a positive social impact. And so in the very core of what we're doing, we are creating value for all of the people who are involved in our business and that we never really have to give back to anyone. So those that, that is a very quick overview of the seven branding, brand building principles that great brands live out. But I, um, I think that what was most important for me to convey is that these principles aren't individual independent measures that companies kind of can pick and choose from like a Chinese menu, like, oh, I want to do this, I don't want to do that, you know. Um, what I found is that these principles are part of an integrated, indivisible whole. And great brands actually implement all of them as a kind of cohesive management approach. And that is how they're able to get all of the, the power out of each one of these principles and how they become great brands. So the last chapter in the book introduces this brand as business management approach, which is basically saying, if you follow these principles in a cohesive way, you will be, um, you know, the, the approach that you'll be, you'll be following is one that builds a great brand and a great business. Okay, so basically your eighth approach is a cumulative of the seven mentioned uh, prior to that one. Yes, mm -hmm. it's really they all come together. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I'd like to pick one principle, and I'll tell you <laughs> why. My audience is um, partially they're people who are still on the job, but they desperately want to get out of the job like uh, the mm -hmm. two of us did. Mm -hmm. And then I have a lot of small business owners who are listening to the podcast. Now, I'd like to pick principle number four, and that is great brands don't chase customers. Why? Because maybe you are aware of this small business phenomena, chasing customers, you know, being yes. happy of having a few customers and um, doing whatever it takes just to keep them happy. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, it is hard when you are first starting out um, to have the discipline to to say no to certain customer segments. But I think what I discovered is that great brands do kind of have that discipline because they know that if they try to appeal to all customers, they will likely not serve the customers who are most who are destined to be their most loyal, uh, most profitable customers? Well, you know, when you spread out your resources um, and uh, you know your energies across trying to please as many customers as you can, you end up not serving the customers you really care about the best, and therefore that doesn't lay a strong foundation for you to to grow and to really get them to be as profitable and as loyal as they could be. Mm -hmm. I hear that quite often, and I'm also a fan of, of this. Uh, sometimes you need to fire some of your customers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can never be wrong. And I can never mm -hmm. say wrong things uh, when you have the right mm -hmm. customer. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is so valuable. Um, yes. And this is something that I've experienced with uh, um, small businesses when I work with them because 
this principle, principle number four, is something mm -hmm. that comes up a lot of times. Yes. Uh, especially, so, as you said, uh, startups. Yes. And, and um, so I work with a, a lot of um, restaurant brands. And so therefore, I work with a lot of franchisees who, you know, their whole life is in this one store or, you know, several stores that they have that they're trying to, to you know, make a, a viable, strong business. And I think that when they hear something like don't chase customers and, you know, we got to be very targeted and selective about who you appeal to, I think they 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 think that that means that you are going to treat other people who don't fit into that target poorly, you know, or you are going to, you know, um, neglect parts of your business that, that, that are, you know, important. And, and that's not what we're talking about at all, at all. That what we're saying is that you have a limited amount of resources and it, they're best spent on, on finding those people who are going to really value what you uniquely have to offer. And if you focus your energies on them, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, do like poorly with everyone else. It just means that you, you really are intent on making sure that those people are the ones that you're attracting and that you are cultivating relationships with. Mm. Very good point. Um, Denise, tell me if you'd say, well, I, I don't want to master now these eight principles, or the seven <laughs> principles, but if I'm a small business owner and I'd like to pick three, let's say the three best strategies to brand myself and to brand my company uh, in an intelligent way, we said we don't have so many resources, we don't have the money corporates have, what would those yes. three strategies be? Yes. Well, I think you, you, you picked on one of them with not chasing customers. I think that, that, you know, your experience working with startups and small businesses, you know how critical that is. So in addition to that principle, I would say um, the other two principles would be um, great brands avoid selling products and great brands commit and stay committed. And so avoid selling products. Um, again, this is about establishing an emotional connection with people as opposed to pushing products on them. And I think that oftentimes, um, you know, when you are just starting out, you are thoroughly enamored with this thing that you've created, right? And you've poured all of your time and your energy and resources into building this wonderful product or this great service offering that you have or, you know, whatever. And you just think, if I just tell people how great this thing is, they will they will understand and they will come and want to buy it. And and I hate to be you know um, I hate to rain on your parade, but I think that you need to understand how many more options there are out there and how many other people have really great products and are doing really exciting things and have great innovation capabilities and um, great quality and and. And so, you know, the ability to compete on product alone, I think, is very difficult because even if you even if you are able to establish some level of superiority in your product when you first start, it's very difficult to maintain over time because someone will copy you, someone else will do something different that's slightly better than you, and so then you're always trying to catch up. And I think that if you were to instead think about what is the real the ultimate value that we create for our customers, what would be missing from their lives if we didn't exist? And you base your 
marketing and your experience on that, I think that's a most, much more powerful and sustainable competitive advantage. And so that's why you want to avoid selling products and seek this emotional connection. I think they'll be much more powerful for you. Mm-hmm. So that's um, one principle. And then the other principle, like I said, is commit and stay committed. And this is related to the don't chase customers principle that we're just talking about. You know, I think as small business people or startups, you have so many opportunities before you. And uh, I think it's Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, or maybe Built to Last, where he talks about, you know, um, companies don't suffer from lack of opportunities. Um, you know, so it's not, their challenge is not opportunity identification. There are plenty of opportunities to grow or to develop or to do new things. Um, what the challenge is is opportunity selection figuring out, you know, what are the right opportunities for you? And I would suggest that if you use your brand as that filter, if you take what you stand for at your core and your core values and you apply those to every opportunity that is before you, you will make much smarter decisions about what you should do and what you shouldn't do and decisions that will um, allow you to grow, but in a way that I think makes sense to your customers and uh, really builds on your core competencies. Mm -hmm. So you need to commit to what you stand for at your core and stay committed to it. So it's basically going back, finding out what are you best in and to differentiate yourself. Yes. uh, The two marketing guru, Al Reese and (laughs) Jack Trout Seri, in their uh, positioning statement, uh, differentiate or die. Mm-hmm. Uh, find the uniqueness and uh, position yourself accordingly to send out. Yes, absolutely. Hey, this is just a station identification. My name is Chris Rock, your strength and business host. And my amazing guest today is Denise Leon from San Diego. Denise is a leading authority on building and positioning exceptional brands. She's an Indiemon consultant and speaker with more than 25 years of experience helping organizations take their brands to new heights. Denise is the author of the new book, What Great Brands Do, and she has contributed to outlets including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Harvard Business Review. To find out more about Denise, visit www.deniselyon.com. I will include the URL in the description of this podcast, and I'll also put it on my webpage at strengthinbusiness.com under the tab podcast so that you can come back to it anytime. So make sure you visit denisleon.com and discover how you can use the seven brand building principles, that is eight principles, <laughs> to develop a standout brand that fosters customer loyalty and increases profit margins. Now, Denise, tell us a bit about your blog, Brenda's Business Bots, which, um, yeah, you were featured as one of the top 20 marketing blogs mm-hmm. uh, by the Marketing Executives Networking Group. Uh, which is awesome. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So tell us a bit um, about that. Yeah. Uh, well, I have been blogging now for a very long time. And, and I'll, I'll say one thing, which is that, you know, um, because you said that, you know, a lot of your listeners are people like you and me who are 
looking to make a switch to become an independent or maybe you are an independent really growing they're looking to grow their business i just say that my blog has i think really helped me establish expertise in this area of brand as business and i think really helped set me up in order to be able to write my book and get a publisher to publish my book for me so as a business tactic i I strongly encourage, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs and consultants and, and thought leaders out there to to have a blog and to, and to nurture it. And and you know, Chris, um, from your own efforts, that it's a great way for you to you know share your thinking and to engage um, people in conversation, to get ideas um, from your listeners or your readers. And um, it's just it's just it's a wonderful venue. What I try to do is have a mix of um, you know, content that I am writing, whether it be on perhaps one of these principles that we've talked about or um, a new brand that I've been observing or some other uh, development in the news that I think is, is relevant to brand building. Um, and then I have some other features. I include a brand experience brief every month, which is a video where I am auditing a new or interesting restaurant or retail concept. Um, so I go to that concept, I look at it through both a customer lens as well as a brand professional lens and you know give the scoop on, on what I think about that brand experience. So but that's one of my features. And then um, the other feature that I include are brand book bites. And those are write-ups and then interviews with the authors of books that I've read. And so um, these are all business related books. In fact, the brand book bite that I have launching this week is about the book Absolute Value. And um, and so what I try to do is pick books that I think that my readers will get a lot out of, but I provide um, kind of my take on the book and what I think is are the primary takeaways for brand builders. Mm. So is that yeah, kind so of like is that kind of like a best book of the month series what you're you're establishing? Um, it, well, it is. Although I can't say that they're necessarily best books because I, I, I haven't. I, I won't say that I've loved every book that I've written about, <laughs> but but I think that's the point. You know, is that you, you know you, there are there are there's things to learn in every book that's out there, and I really try to pull that out in my write-ups. But but at the same time, um, you know, some books are. Um, quite topical. Um, for example, um, there was a book called Converge that came out over the summer and it was about the intersection of marketing and technology. And it was um, a very intense, information dense book that got into a lot of technology, which was hard for me to navigate, but at the same time, so I wouldn't call it a best book, but I would say that, I, um, that there are a lot of good implications for how marketers need to do um, brand building differently with new technology. And so that's really what I focused on. Mm, awesome. So, so you use your blog and I know you've been featured on Forbes and, mm. and other um, magazines. Yes. Important mm -hmm. magazines in, um, in our uh, niche. How else do you promote your business? Yeah, well, you know, this is all part of what, what people call a thought leadership marketing. So um, rather than doing um, advertising or search, app, you know, search campaigns or things like that, the way that I try to establish myself as a business person is through thought leadership marketing, um, where I am sharing my insights and perspectives either through writing or speaking 
on on topics that I think are relevant to my audience. So that's why um, the blog has been so valuable to me, but also why I have started to write for other publications. So in addition to um, the uh, the Harvard Business Review blog and the Forbes CMO Network, um, I've also just started writing for Seeking Alpha, which is a site for investors. And then um, the final one that I write for is um, QSR magazine, Quick Serve Restaurant Magazine. As I said, um, I do quite a bit of work in the restaurant category, and so that is a um, a vertical market that I very niche specific. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we we all have challenges, <laughs> big ones and smaller ones. Um, what was your biggest challenge? Let's say marketing business, and more importantly, how did you overcome it? Hmm. Um, well, you know, I would say that it's a continuing challenge, Chris, and that is um, kind of what I was talking about before, opportunity selection. Mm. There, is so, there is so much that I could do. And even, in fact, we were talking about this before the interview started. Um, you know, you need to pick where you're going to invest your time and energy. And I think the biggest challenge for me is um, to be okay you know, to, with saying no to something. So, for example, um, I have a presence on Google Plus and on Facebook, uh, but I certainly don't nurture those social media networks as much as I do Twitter and, to a very lesser extent, LinkedIn. Mm. And um, so, the challenge is always, you know, staying focused and not, um, you know, getting distracted by all the things that you could do, and really making sure that you're being very intentional about the things that are right for you. Mm. That, that's great. I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of Dan Kennedy. And um, mm. I mean, both of us, we know, yeah, the marketing game has changed, but here's what Dan Kennedy says. And I agree 100% with him. He says the principles never change, but the tools change. Mm. Okay. And um, it's, if you look back, I mean, the marketing principles, even the seven principles you you talked about there, mm -hmm. if you go back to the Babylonian age, <laughs> they still applied these mm -hmm. principles. But if you take nowadays, and this is to come back to what you said, the tools, we have all these social media platforms. You just can be all over the place. And the mm -hmm. and I don't think it makes sense. I mean, you have to be where your audience is. If your audience is not on Pinterest, why should you waste your time on Pinterest? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it really is finding what is the right media for you. Um, but to, to the point, and I think Dan is so right, it's like um, the thing that doesn't change is that people value um, valuable content. I mean, they want good, solid insights, so they want to learn something, they want to gain something that's useful to them. And regardless of what channel you provide that through, I think that is that's something that will never change. You know, so if you're out there seeking to provide that kind of valuable content to people, uh, regardless of where you are, you'll be able to establish yourself. If you were starting over, what would you do differently? I think I would have written this book sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I did start... I. I thought about writing this book 
probably now five or six years ago and just couldn't get my act together in terms of getting it together. And, and you know, perhaps it took me that long to get to a, a good book and, um, you know, to get to a good publisher and, and everything. But, um, you know, what I found is that uh, the feedback I've gotten from the book has been um, very positive and um, I understand that's helped a lot of people so I almost wish that I had done it sooner so that I could have you know gotten my ideas out there sooner but um, other than that I think that uh, I, I've been so blessed and um, really a lot of that has been all the great relationships that I've developed with people like you and so I, I'm just so thankful for the way things have unfolded it's been really great awesome now, Denise, you're a writer, and um, I know you're also a ferocious reader, and I always ask this question, <laughs> what's your favorite book and uh, why? Wow. Um, well, uh, you know, I, I mean, as a person of faith, I have to say the Bible is probably my favorite book, but from, from, a, from a, um, like a business or um branding standpoint or brand building standpoint, I actually have to say um, it's a book that some folks at a, a brand management consulting firm called Profit wrote, and it's called Building the Brand Driven Business. And it came out probably now at least 10 years ago, um, but it was really foundational to my thinking about the power of a brand to a business. And a lot of the um, insights and, and approaches that were laid out in the, in the book there, I have adapted and have applied in my own business. And um, that has really, I think, shaped what I do and, and the success that I've had. So um, it, it's kind of an esoteric business book that I would say not a lot of people have heard about, but Building a Brand-Driven Business is probably my favorite business book. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I haven't <laughs> read that one. So you're the first one who mentions a book I haven't read. <laughs> wow. And you're very well read. So <laughs> I already wrote, I wrote that down. Awesome. Denise, last question. If people want to find out more about you and connect with you, where should they go? Well, I highly recommend they go to my website, deniseleeyan.com, and that's D-E-N-I-S-E-L-E-E-Y-O-H-N.com. And there, um, you can not only get the link to my blog, what we were just talking about, but you can also access all the content about my book, What Great Brands Do, including some of the um, downloads. I have some templates and worksheets that I reference in a book that are available on my site. And then all sorts of other resources, all the other articles and, and talks and videos and everything are there as well. So deniseleeyan.com. Once again, this is Chris Rock from Strength in Business talking to Denise Leon from San Diego in California. Thanks for being my guest today, Denise. Chris, thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks, for, thanks a lot for sharing your valuable brand building tips and principles with us. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Hey, everybody. Chris Rock here from Strength in Business. We had a great guest on today's show. Denise Leon, brand building expert and author of What Great Brands Do. Find out more about Denise by visiting deniseleon.com. 
Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Happy marketing. And remember to always play to your strengths. Thank you for listening to the Strength in Business podcast. Submit your questions on strengthinbusiness.com and follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Rock. That's K-R-I-S-Z-R-O-K-K. 